0: Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds back together again. <laughs> Did you have a good holiday? Very nice. How about yours. Yeah, it was great to be with the fam as always. All right. Then after Christmas, like literally it was almost as if they didn't want to fire him before Christmas. We get the word that the Broncos are firing their first year coach. I'm not surprised, especially after that Rams game. I am a little bit because it is a little
1: unusual—a rookie coach who hasn't even completed his first year yet—to let him go. Yeah, the Broncos are four and eleven, and much was expected out of the out of the team. But that debacle by the Rams, 51 to 14, certainly didn't do himself any good at all. And keep in mind now, the Ra- the Broncos are owned now by a new company. And that new company happens to be named Walmart, and they are not in the business of <laughs> not in the business of tolerating circumstances in which the, they are uh, intimately involved. And they are with the owners of the Broncos. It's the Walmart family that owns them. So they said, "Hey, look, two games remaining. Let's make a deal. You're not going to be around. You're not getting the job done. But the offer—who's—who's who's going to want that job?" Now you've got Whew. Russell Wilson there. You've got circumstances. I I don't think all of this is Wilson's problem. I really don't. They need help on their offensive line. They're just not very good. See how they play up in Kansas City on uh, Sunday afternoon, New Year's Day. But uh, the fact of the matter remains, Denver will have a new coach. Jerry Rosberg is coming in. He's the interim coach who will take over for the rest of the season. Then the Broncos
0: have a lot of rebuilding to do. Uh, you ain't kidding, but uh, knee-jerk reactions from the top down usually don't work out too well. We'll see what happens. I think it's funny, though, because right before this, the NFL sent out a report to all the teams saying, Hey, look, you guys need to stop making these knee-jerk reactions because it's costing your organization a ton of money. See also what's happening with the Las Vegas Raiders. They can't fire their coach because they can't afford to fire to pay him because they're doing that with another one. And that's not just them. It's Now it's Denver. Jacksonville, there's all they're all over the place. They
1: are, and they they're you're right about the knee-jerk reaction. But keep in mind, Mike, these owners are not poverty-stricken. I don't care what they are; they're all million billionaires. They most for the most part, if not all of them, they are in the billion dollar. And look at Walmart. My God, what are they? Zillions. But the fact of the matter remains that they do make knee-jerk reactions. But there are annuities, and the NFL knows this too, in which these payments may
0: not be quite as catastrophic as you might think Yeah, are. that's true, but again, I just thought it was the timing was perfect. As soon as the NFL <laughs> says, hey, guys, you might want to ease on the brakes. It's costing you a lot of money. Like, they don't already know that. <laughs> and then as soon as they send that out, Broncos are like, yeah, screw you. All right, we did have a Monday Night Football game last night, didn't we? Who won? The Chargers won 20-3,
1: to kind of a methodical victory for them over the Indianapolis Colts, but they were playing in Indianapolis. Nonetheless, I thought Justin Herbert played very well. They did. It was a rather pedestrian game on their part because they didn't take any big chances. They knew a win would put them in the playoffs, and now uh, they don't worry too much, I don't think the Chargers do anyway, about where they're going to play. They are in, and that's what counts. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them take the next two games, not taking them off, certainly, because you're going to get injured if you do that, but maybe not to show any kind of new plays they might have or anything of that nature. They're 9-6, and and they have played very well. They've come on this year. Yeah, they
0: definitely have. Um, Last but not least, Tua down once again with concussion protocol. Only two weeks left. you think he makes it back for the end of the season? I do not.
1: I think they keep him out. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be playoff caliber. If they are, then they'll make every effort to get him back. But you have to understand the way this whole system works. The NFL is walking a very thin line. They're scared to death of the litigious circumstances that come along here. And the head injuries and so forth do involve a lot of lawyers and a lot of lawsuits and so forth and so on. And the NFL is being very strict in their protocol. Uh, Tua will have to really pass a rigid exam. Now, it's, it's one that he has no control over. But... As to how his mental faculties are affected, and what his external circumstances are in the concussion protocol, and they are rather extensive indeed.
0: Hmm, interesting. It's funny how things work out in the NFL after Used all to the be, hype going into the season.
1: Uh, you know, oh, from that standpoint. But the head injuries are very interesting because back when I was playing, not all that many years ago, what's the matter? He got his bell rung. Get him back in there. Well, the bell ring is a concussion, and that can have long-term circumstances many years later. And that's where. That's where the courtroom gets involved and where the NFL is being very careful. You
0: got a lot of guys suffering from CTE is no joke at all, so uh, it's definitely something to watch out for and uh, I'm glad they're doing something about it because obviously I want my kids to be able to play football, but uh, don't want them to be debilitated for the rest of their life because of a sport. So you can understand the concern. Blue and Gold Basketball Tournament is annually one of the top events of the year in this area. Top teams do okay yesterday?
1: They did indeed.
0: Uh, you're right about the blue and gold. It dates back
1: to the early 1940s when it began. This is one of the most historic institutions on a holiday that occurs in not only in the state but in the country. And the blue-gold is very, very popular. Blue-gold are the two divisions that the 32 high school teams play in. Pink and white, same thing for the girls, although that's a relatively newer tournament. That's played over a Drury. The blue and gold is played on the campus at missouri state university and it's really a lot of fun because the matchups are so diverse you get the giants against the small schools and occasionally those small schools win didn't yesterday there are 32 teams divided and the top eight are seated of course one through eight and all of the seated teams won yesterday in both the blue and the gold divisions the top seed in the blue is Bolivar, and they were a big winner over Springfield Catholic 49-30. Top seed in the gold is Nixa. They were an 86-39 winner and in their game as well over Clever. So you had the top seeds winning the pink and white tournament begins today over Drury University, and it's just a lot of fun. Great basketball these teams get out, and they really scrap, and it's a terrific way for the kids to spend the holiday without fooling around and getting into trouble you're out there on the basketball court and
0: having a lot of fun you're absolutely right and uh it's like i said a great thing for the ozarks you get to see a lot of these kids that are developing into what could be some really really top talent in the country it's always a blast and i know you love being a part of it every year absolutely college basketball rankings are out the mizzou make the cut
1: they did not and i am very very surprised at this too and i'll tell you why. purdue is the number one team in the country connecticut's number two you knew that was going to happen missouri is 11 and one and they did not make the top 25 in the associated press rankings the ap mike is considered to be the the really the hallmark of all your college basketball rankings not in the top 25 No, wait a minute this is a team that beat Illinois last Thursday like a drum up in St. Louis before 18,000 fans, and you're not ranking them in the top 25, and they are 11 and one. Admittedly, their schedule's a little dicey because there aren't, <laughs> there's some who are not very good teams on there, but Illinois certainly is, and the uh, the Tigers slaughtered them. Now, the one loss that Missouri has. The one loss is to KU, and it was a thunderous loss, 90, was it 95 to 67 or something like that. So I guess the ratings bureau said, well, wait a minute, these guys still haven't proven themselves. Well, they will. <laughs> They'll have the chance now. They beat Illinois on Thursday night. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night, Missouri is host to Kentucky. This is the Southeast Conference opener for the Tigers. The game is already sold out up in Columbia, that won't bother Kentucky anyway in any manner because they play before sellout crowds anyway wherever they go, but John Calipari will bring his team in there, and Missouri is a very slight favorite in that game. Then after the Kentucky game, their next game after that is Arkansas in Fayetteville. Arkansas is number nine in America. So I think the uh, the Tigers are going to find out how really good they are. They've certainly hurdled number one, and that was big. But not
0: to be in the rankings, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, they can set the tone, and sometimes that does a lot for a team to kind of light that fire to show they got something to prove and prove it on the court, which they hopefully can do. There are some area fans interested in yesterday's bowl game in Detroit because we had some kind of local tie-in. Is that we right? We did indeed. And, and it was. It's, it's kind of fragmented in a way, but there was a local tie-in. The game
1: was Bowling Green, which is from the Mid-America Conference and New Mexico State from Las Cruces. New Mexico State historically has had very bad football, very good basketball, but very, very poor on the football season. And this (laughs) this year, they started out with a record of one win and five losses. Here we go again. But the team rallied, came on, played some weaker teams, that is true, but New Mexico State did come on and finally finished with a regular season mark of six and six very nice did get a bowl game because every team gets a bowl game it seems and did play at ford field in detroit home of the detroit lions against bowling green and beat bowling green yesterday 24 to 19. new mexico state finishes the year at 7 to 6. who is new mexico state's first year coach it's a fellow named jerry kill k-i-l-l and yes Jerry Kill was the individual, the coach, who coached the very first ever Webb City team to a state championship. That was 15 other state championships ago, back in the late 1980s. But Jerry Kill has a great legacy in this area, the Pittsburgh State guy, and he's, he's a guy who's had some physical problems, so you have to really feel for him. But he came on and guided the Aggies to a win, and Jerry Kill, the architect of web city's football program winning the first of their 16 state championships is the winner yesterday in the bowl game in detroit
0: pretty cool stuff to see but like you said everyone gets a bowl game it's uh, kind of losing its luster i think at least until this weekend when we get some of the uh, playoffs get going the final
1: four yeah this weekend.
0: that will be big it's gonna be big time this weekend ned you have a big time tuesday i will see you on wednesday